Hello, everybody, and welcome to MGS, the Movie and Game Show, a podcast where we talk about movies and we talk about games, except we don't have MGS too fast, MGS too furious, which is what this actually is. So that's just, we're going to pop it in there because you have told me so often we talk about Metal Gear Solid (laughs) and fail to mention that we have a podcast called MGS. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here we are. Our podcast is called MGS. We're doing a PS2, P- PS2 Fast, PS2 Furious episode about Metal Gear Solid 3. And I'm really excited because not only is it a great game, but I get to talk about it with one of my best friends in the world. Scott, how are you? I'm good. I'm very good. And the, the thing with the title was that I came up with that because it, it wasn't, it was already an acronym that was taken by something very popular. Yeah. And we were like, just do that. Just change to that, because we, we've got no other ideas. We might as well just do that. Uh, yeah. Hoping one day that SEO will work. And one day. Someone will just, someone will just get onto it. Get I, onto did, I did, just like on a, on a fresh browser, Google like MGS podcast the other day. And like, we were the second one after like a, a Metal Gear fan thing. So I'm like, imagine okay. if they, they come after us. Oh, right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Dem young boys come in, man. Dem young boys come in. Now, before we get into the MGS chat, I want to tell you something that I'm really, really excited about. So, in August, uh, and so you have a big trip coming up. I was like a little jealous, right? I'm like, oh, what can I do? What can I do in my dumb little shite <laughs> place where I live? So, what I'm going to do this summer is I'm going to do a Last of Us filming locations tour. Oh, and I've made a list here of all the places that I'm going to go. And I'm going to read that out to you. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm really, really excited for this. That's great. When I do this, I will be going to the following places. I will be going to Austin. Texas. Yes. Uh, Jackson. Uh, Davidstown. You're actually going. You're actually going to Austin, Texas. No, just just where they film. Where they where they <laughs> okay. film. Where they filmed all these. Oh, things sorry, in the sorry. Last of Us. I thought you were. I thought you were reading the real life. No, no, because I like okay. I could read the real that's life. That's really like, okay, far away. Who fucking cares? <laughs> that's, right. That's no. like the opposite end of the continent. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, the the sorry. Last of Us equivalent locations, right? Okay, so Austin, okay, okay. Jackson, uh, Davidstown. If you let me get to that one, you would have been, would have been more clear. What I, <laughs> I don't want to be. Yeah, <laughs> um, the mall in Boston, uh, as well as Sam and Henry's burial place. That'll be that'll be a fun one. I'm, be, I'm thinking uh, chipper. I know. I'm thinking about they're they're buried right outside uh, like a, a motel. Right. And I'm like, oh, should I stay at the motel? Should I stay at the motel where? Where they turn, where he turned. The Overlook Motel. Yeah, exactly. Because uh, it's overlooking their. Uh, overlooking their. Their corpses. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, <laughs> their, their little uh, barely adult corpses. One yeah. of them's not even an adult. That'll be fun. Yeah. That'll well, be fun. I'm, I'm most excited for the mall. Like, the other places are all places that I've been to, like, before. Um, but it'll be fun to just kind of go there, like, with that purpose in mind and like take some photos and like a couple little videos and that's fun and see, probably what I'll do is I'll probably put them all like put the pictures and the videos together and just, just like put them up as like a video podcast on yeah. the on the channel so people can kind of see that just as like its own 
little self-contained we, we could do travel it. episode. We could do it where we both look at it and you do a little slideshow and then you talk me through yeah. what's going on. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah, that'll be fun. So yeah, I really, uh, I'm really excited for that. That'll be really fun. That sounds it's, good. It's making the best out of a family reunion that I really don't want to go to. I'm like, okay, well, if I have to go to that, then on the way back, I'm just going to do it all in like probably like two days. Well, something for you as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. I, I thought about uh, going to like um, that bridge, you know, the, the one that was like in the trailer and everything. The, the one where the, the people, uh, the, 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 the crew were just to the that, side. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's like, there it's there. I don't know, like I still might, but it's like, it's about an hour and a half out of the way, like each way. So I'm like, ah, do I want to drive for three hours to see a bridge? Like, I'm not sure. Because yeah, everything kinda, else I can kind of just yeah. hit all in one go. Well, it's kind of one of those things you might, yeah, just get there and you're like, oh, this is it. Uh, cool. Oh, that's so I'm like maybe maybe if I like if if I do two days and like if the first day like I do like Austin Salmon Henry and then like get like to the bridge and then like maybe stay there and like have like you know like a little you know just like a nice like night there and then leave and then do the rest like I, I could do that that feels better than driving for three hours oh there's a bridge and then turn around and go back right there's a bridge looks like the one on the tv show and a lot yeah. of other bridges could have uh, just could have just google image that and saved it yeah so. <laughs> yeah yeah i'm bad at that though i'm bad at like putting myself through uh tribulations on trips just to see like one for thing nothing and i get i get there and i'm like uh it's actually it's not that it's not that good just yeah kinda, yeah uh Oh, that sounds great. That sounds yeah, like I'm nice really excited for that. Road trip. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but we're not talking about Last of Us today. We're not. We're not. We're talking about Metal Gear Solid 3. Yes. Would you like to hear about it in some way? Please tell me about this game. Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater is a 2004 action-adventure stealth video game developed and published by Konami. And developed by Konami. Because Metal Gear Solid 3 predates Kojima Productions by one year. Oh, okay. They didn't establish that name and team until 2005. Okay. Uh, it was released in late 2004 in North America and Japan and early 2005 in Europe and Australia. It was the fifth Metal Gear game written and directed by Hideo Kojima and serves as a prequel to the entire Metal Gear series. An expanded edition titled Metal Gear Solid 3 Subsistence was released in Japan in late 2005 and then in North America, Europe and Australia in 2006. A remastered version of the game was later included in Metal Gear Solid HD Collection. For the PlayStation 3, PS Vita, and Xbox 360, with a reworked version titled Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater 3D. For the Nintendo 3DS in 2012. So there's fucking loads of versions. So many versions. There's some, we're getting a remake as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Metal Gear Solid Delta. And we had a, what, we, the fuck. It's taken us so long to get to this episode that not only did we <laughs> say we're going to play this, get it, start playing it, then a remake was announced, and now we're getting to the episode here. Probably, probably play that as well. Uh, yeah. <laughs> play, play that, do a little review. So, set in 1964, 31 years before the events of the original Metal Gear, the story centers on the Fox operative codenamed Naked Snake as he attempts to rescue Russian rocket scientist Nikolai Stepanovich Sokolov, sabotage an experimental superweapon, and assassinate his defected former boss, named The Boss. Confusing well, previous, for, for newcomers, I'll be honest for, uh, with you. 
Well, less confusing than two for newcomers. Sure. Right? I think I think the thing is like, you know, when I started playing these games, I know there's Snake, and I know yeah. that there's Big Boss, but like, then I got and I was I was and then then Snake is still voiced by David Hayter, and like I get it makes you know it makes sense obviously because of the clone you know situation and all that, but like. Yeah, confusing. So, originally uh, wanted to replace David Hayter. So, trying to replace him very early on. Do you know who he wanted to replace him with? Before Kiefer eventually yeah. did? Let me take a guess here. I'm going to go with... It's very obvious. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah. Is it? Sean Connery. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, not that obvious. Okay. Um, not a James Bond, though. Not a James, James Bond. Let's let's go with Kurt Russell. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. They wanted Kurt Russell declined. Pliskin, uh, of course. Yes. Uh, okay. So while previous games were set in a primarily urban environment, Snake Eater adopts a 1960s Soviet jungle setting with the high-tech near-future trappings of the previous Metal Gear Solid games replaced with wilderness. While the environment has changed, the game's focus remains on stealth and infiltration, while retaining the series' self-referential, fourth-wall-breaking sense of humor. The story of Snake Eater is told through numerous cutscenes and radio conversations. Considered one of the greatest video games of all time, Metal Gear Solid 3 was met with critical acclaim. And was a commercial success, having sold more than 4 million copies worldwide as of March 2010. Initially, the game was supposed to be developed for the then-upcoming PlayStation 3, but due to the long mm. wait for the console, the development was moved back for the PlayStation 2 instead. From the outset, the game's director, Hideo Kojima, wished to drastically change the setting from previous games. He stated that the jungle setting is what both his development team and the Metal Gear fans wanted. However, I don't know how he knows that, but it does apparently. <laughs> However, he acknowledged that he's, he's got Psycho Mantis's gas mask on. And Google he's just, form, yeah. He's, he's getting <laughs> Google form with millions of people. However, he acknowledged that the elements of a jungle environment, such as the weather, landscape, and wildlife, were features that would present problems during the game's development. Whereas in previous installments, the player started close to, or even within the enemy base, Kojima wished for Snake Eater to be more realistic. Okay, Snake starting several miles from civilization and having to work his way to the enemy encampment. I dig Kojima it. asked Yoji Shinkawa, uh, one of the game's like primary artists, to make Naked Snake similar to Solid Snake. However, unlike Solid Snake, Naked Snake was a rookie and thus acted more naive. Shinkawa stated that he had no difficulties in designing Naked Snake as essentially a revised version of Solid Snake. <laughs> Looks fucking Control identical. C. Yeah. Control as a result. Naked Snake is virtually, virtually identical to Solid Snake from the previous Metal Gear Solid games in terms of appearance. The love scene between Naked Snake and Eva was inspired by the film The Pink Panther, 1963. Something's pink in that scene, let me tell you. Something's pink in that scene, yeah. His boner. <laughs> Thank you, yeah, that's what I was talking Koji about. Kojima and Shinkawa watched the movie, but the former stated it might have come out differently from the original version. Since the game's trailers did not state that Naked Snake was Big Boss, Kojima often gave vague answers regarding the character's true identity. <laughs> like, is that Big Boss? Uh, not really. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, the boss's looks were inspired by the actress Charlotte Rampling. I gotta look that up. You can look that up. While in the finished game, she wears a pale-colored combat outfit, Kojima originally planned to have her in a blue sneaking suit similar to Solid Snake for the finale of the game, but the idea was ultimately cut. During the shooting of the final scene between the boss and Naked Snake, Eriko Harada, the boss's motion capture actress, having read the script beforehand, was so moved by the scene that she broke down in tears. 
Although Raiden does not appear, he is parodied throughout the game by debuting character Rykov due to negative feedback the original Raiden had in Sons of Liberty. So they were adding him to diss Raiden, apparently. By, by the people who were wrong, let me tell weird you. Thing, I know, exactly. Weird thing to do, isn't it? Like, that's unusual. Because Raiden's like... Raiden's good, and you he's brought great. him back in the next one, yeah. and like, there's a whole game where he's the main character. Like, people like him, clearly. Uh, Kojima commented that the outside environment was challenging to create. He explained that the reason previous games were primarily set indoors is that the current consoles were not powerful enough to portray a true jungle environment. In contrast with urban environments, the jungle does not have a flat surface. The protagonist in Snake Eater has to cross uneven terrain, including rocks, dirt mines, and tree stumps. As a result, the collision engine used in previous installments could not be used, and a new one had to be built from scratch. Setting up the motion capture technology so players could walk over these mines was a problem during development. Many fans also wanted Snake Eater to use a 3D camera, but this was ultimately not implemented in the game. Kojima views hmm. Metal Gear Solid, Sons of Liberty, and Snake Eater as a trilogy, and wished to keep the camera the same as the previous two, to keep the feel of the three games as the same, despite the shifting trend towards full 3D camera movements. Uh, but eventually, in, in the subsistence version, they yeah. did add that, and that is the main version that you get nowadays as well. Uh, Kojima designed... The boss battles of Snake Eater to be totally different from those in previous Metal Gear games or any other games. <laughs> he said that the boss battle with the sniper, the end, best represented free open gameplay in the game. Sure. The battle takes place over a large area in a dense jungle uh, with a sniper who attacks over a long range from an unknown position. This battle of attrition can last for hours in contrast with other boss fights in which the enemy is right in front of the player and in view the whole time. Additionally, the player can avoid this boss battle altogether by killing the end earlier in the game, or save and quit during the fight, wait a week, and reload the game to, fight the, to find that the end has died of old age. Um, Kojima commented that features like this do not appear in any other games. And he's fucking right. And he is, absolutely. So, as you, as you can see, there's a lot that's going on, right? This mm -hmm. is a well-documented game with a very vocal director and development yeah. team. yeah. I'll go through some little Easter eggs and then we can talk about how we feel. Right. Sure. The character of Naked Snake in the game was designed after Sean Connery's portrayal of James Bond. This was done since Metal Gear Solid 2 Solid Snake. The character design of Big Boss was also originally modeled after the older Sean Connery. So there you go. Okay. Original Big Boss in Metal Gear was supposed to be Sean Connery. Oh. Do we see a resemblance? Like, I like the PC Engine one? like. Yeah, like oh. the original Metal Gears. Yeah, Metal okay. Gear... One and two, yeah. The codename of the character Major Tom is, of course, a reference to... Ground Control to Major Tom. Space Oddity by David Bowie, in which an astronaut called Major Tom is uh, in trouble, I guess. Uh, in the game. <laughs> in the game, Major Tom even asks, Can you hear me, Major Tom? Yes. <laughs> which is part of the lyrics. Good. Uh, if you call a paramedic in the cave, you will eventually get to the topic of the film from Russia with Love. You will be interrupted. I don't know why it says in the cave because if you just if you do the sea of things, yeah. paramedic talks about different films, right? Yeah. And if you get to the from Russia with Love one, Major Tom interrupts because he's a big James Bond fan and he won't hear Snake having a go at James Bond being unrealistic. Uh, did you get that one when you played it? No, I didn't actually. It's really funny, yeah. So go through the other ones like Godzilla and it came from outer space. Yeah, and yeah. From Russia. He's like, he's like, I won't hear him. It's like, it's, it's, he's like, it's pretty unrealistic for a spy to have, you know, cars and all that stuff. And yeah. 
He's like, no, no, <laughs> I dare you. He's a British institution. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> Uh, so the date of the virtuous mission, the 24th of August, 1964, mm. was Hideo Kojima's first birthday. Okay. It was originally 24th of August, 1963, his exact birth date, but was moved up to a year because he wanted the 22nd of November, sorry, he wanted the 22nd of November, 1963 assassination of JFK to be factored into the story. Oh, okay, cool. Right. Cool. And then finally... In military circles, the term snake eater is sometimes used to refer to special operations personnel, referencing the fact that these trips are taught how to trap, prepare, and eat local fauna, including snakes, as part of their specialized training. In the game, Snake slash Big Boss is recruited from U.S. Army Special Forces for the Virtuous Mission, making him one of these personnel. Cool. Right? And he eats a lot of snakes in this. And does. I just, I just want to say, right, I'm just, first of all, I love this game, right? It is bisexual heaven, right? <laughs> yeah. This cast, all of all of them, and like not just like all of them, but all of them, are the gayest fucks I've ever seen in a game. L- all of them. G- like, give me a character. Throw in a character. Uh, the the pain for Gay. sure. For sure. Absolutely. Give us another one. Give us another one. <laughs> the end. Gay. <laughs> give, give us another one. Tell the character. Gay. Gay. <laughs> Volgan. Volgan has the biggest gay energy out of all the characters. 100%. Hey, oh, he does. Off the charts. Off the charts. Take, take an offensive tour, eh, Ocelot? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my. Oh, like, Ocelot. I, Ocelot, every time, yes, man. Every time Volgan's moving, he's squeaking. I know. I Boots. Know. Rubber clenching sound every time he fucking moves. Oh, my God. Snake. Gay, zero, gay, 100%. paramedic, gay, and it's just a wonderful time. You know what? If you're if if you're anyway into LGBT stuff, right? This is the game for you. This is it. I, I'm telling you, like this is there. There are children who have yet to find themselves will be basing their identities around this game. Their entire personality. I, I, I will. Yes, I will guarantee you that they should as well. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely great. Absolutely. Great game. Great game to base your personality around, I think. For sure. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. I'm with you, 100%. Hard to believe that this game's 19 years old. It is. It doesn't feel like it. Doesn't feel like this is an absolute breeze to play. Yeah. I, I'm with you. You know what? And we said, we said the same thing about Metal Gear Solid 2 as well, that this feels yeah. like a game on the PS3. Yeah. And I think you take it for granted how in-depth story games are nowadays right? yeah, oh yeah absolutely because like yeah. you think of this and it doesn't like sometimes when you it doesn't feel that special but when you think about it you think of all the other games there's not nothing that has this cinematography nope. this motion capture this yeah. voice acting like even like in 2004 we've talked about it with the original Metal Gear Solid we have fucking Resident Evil 2 over here I know and <laughs> yeah. Tomb Raider like Tomb Raider 2 and 3 alongside that or medieval, or like whatever. It's like these yeah. games are on a completely different level. Like yeah. Silent Hill Two was a little bit better than, Re- or sorry, Silent Hill One, sorry, is a little bit better than Resident Evil. But it's still like two like static guys yeah. standing beside one another talking. Yeah. And like this, even two thousand and four, two thousand and three, two thousand five, around those the areas like story games just aren't like this, are they? Like yeah, you know, no, and he and he knows exactly what he's doing, and like and by including you know like 
opening credits and when characters in, are introduced to include the voice actor's name under the, like, because we all know we're playing a video game and the immersion of yeah. that is broken enough throughout the game that having the actor's names appear alongside the character is not only, like, normal, it's also, like, really welcome and it, like, just enhances that, like, prestige of this game even further. I love Because I forgot that Josh Keaton was the voice of Ocelot as well. I was like, right. oh, fucking hell, Spider-Man. And he's what about, in, uh, uh, what about, uh, what about uh, Richard McGonagall as the president? Yes! Right? Yes! <laughs> I noticed that. I noticed yeah, that right away. Immediately. What's yeah. up with the end, at the end, though? It's not him giving Snake the medal at the end. No, it's weird, isn't it? Yeah. I don't know if it's meant to be Johnson, because you don't see him... You, you see him on, like, a 2D phone call, right? Right. In artwork, but you don't see a 3D model. So I don't even know if that's meant to be Johnson or not. Right. If that's just somebody else. But I felt like it should be... Richard McGonagall yeah. playing him, uh, yeah. So that's great. It's just it's it's a, there's a lot of confidence in it, isn't there? Like yeah. presentation. You don't do a, you don't make your own James Bond song if you're not confident that it's gonna be great. <laughs> you know, like that is like like it, it it's a it's a good song and it kind of like it, it falls behind the scenes of things a little bit. No, I no, but like when you really think about it, like like how many games make their own like theme song? Right. Like not no, just none. Not, not like not a just, score theme. Like no. Like a, with lyrics like a and a lyrical theme song. Yeah. Imagine Uncharted or something with this. Right. Like, <laughs> and they could do it. They could do that. They could. They, have, yeah. they could. But like, it takes a lot of confidence. And I was reading a book about the original Metal Gear Solid recently, and like, uh, where we were talking about Bethesda's identity, right? Just there, uh, and how it's it's very like Fallout's very cynical, isn't it? It's very yeah. like yeah. it's very tongue in cheek. Whereas like this. It, it, you know, it's obviously funny and there's a lot of humor going on as well. Mm -hmm. But it's very, like, sincere. I feel like Kojima, the things that are put into For the sure. game, the writing and the way the characters talk, they, like, they feel real. They feel like yeah. Yeah. they believe in what they're saying. And then as a player, you you believe them as well. And I think in a game, narratively, it's a lot about, like, truth and deception and stuff. Yeah. That, that works really well to, like, unsettle you a bit, I think. Yeah. And to make the narrative progression a bit more authentic as well, right? So I think this is a fantastic game. I think Absolutely, it's, yeah. It's, it's fun. I, I love the additional mechanics of the eating, the cure uh, feature of, like, help fixing your wounds and things. I think mm -hmm. it's great. I, I just... A little, little jungly game's always good, isn't it, as well? Mm -hmm. Yeah, what do you and, say? And here's the crazy thing about it, Scott. I'm here to tell you, you haven't played the best version of this game and I'm not even joking. <laughs> I'm not even joking. Man. But I have. I have. So I played it on the 3DS yeah. for this go around, right? Now, does it run at 20 frames per second? Yes. Okay. It runs at 20 <laughs> frames per second. You'll hold your hand up. You'll be there. During, during some sequences, the frames dip a little bit. Let me tell you what that version of the game has that none of them else, none of the other ones have, okay? Crouch walking. Oh, dude! <laughs> Fucking wait. Oh. Okay, okay. Walking while aiming. Okay, taking wow. pictures with the 3DS camera and making them your camo. Wow. And replacing the little frogs with, with Yoshi. Oh, Scott, <laughs> this is the best version of the game by a mile. I I loved it. I like. I've played this before. Played it once before. Right. Uh, on the PS2, luckily it was the the subsistence version. Because fucking hell, I didn't want to play the other one. Um, 
it's all right. It's all right. You know, I, I, on the, on Vita, right. Which I, I think is the best version, right. Sure. Because you can touch your touch screen in your little inventories. That is nice. Uh, sure. Your, your back, your back touching to like zoom in your snipers. You're mm -hmm. like, you know, there's loads of stuff, right. Uh, if you just tap the left arrow, it changes the perspective to the fixed camera angle. Oh, okay. Cool. Which is fun to like go in the scenes and be like, oh, how does yeah. this actually, how does it actually work? It's a, it, you know what? It's it's not great, but it's not ter it's not terrible. Okay, interesting, think. interesting. I don't think it's that bad. But like, yeah. man, this one, I felt like I was playing a new game and like I couldn't put it down. The crouch walk's great. I beat this That's game great. so quickly. That's like. Cool. I was like, I started it, I beat it forever ago. I started it, I was like, oh, I better start it now, because, like, you know, like, Zelda's out, like, all these things, like, I'm going to want to be playing other stuff, right? Like, let's, you know, let's let's start picking through this. I did it in, like, two days. Hmm. Now, does the 3DS have a 90-minute battery life while playing this game? <laughs> if you're lucky. That's good. If you're lucky. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. But, man, yeah, like... Jokes aside, I do think like 3DS is one of the great consoles. And if you are looking for a little bit of a different way to play this game, like something, you know, switch things up a little bit, highly recommend spending $100 to get a <laughs> cartridge for this. I'll, uh, I'll get one when I'm in Japan for cheap. Great idea. Uh, I'll, get, great I'll get it there. Yeah. Not, uh, not uh, playable on any other 3DS, though. Region locked. <laughs> Well, I'll buy a Japanese. There you company. go. Buy a Japanese 3DS for $10 and <laughs> you're on your way. <laughs> so let's get into it. So gameplay. Uh, so that crouch walk thing that you told me there is... Yes, that's, man. That's perfect. That's perfect. Because I was going to ask, what do, you, what, what do you think about being able to... Uh, on the original one, not being able to crouch walk and having stand up or crawl. <laughs> That's yeah. it. Yeah. Because in Peace Walker, you can't crawl, but you can crouch walk in that one. Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. I would imagine. Do you remember we were talking about Last of Us Part Two and all the different factors when you crawl on things? Like yes. Yeah. How the environment works with you. Maybe on a PSP that wasn't easy to do or something like that. Um, so maybe they just got rid of it. But yeah. Uh, so on this one. Uh, I, I do the classic thing of I just do I play I just play on easy and I just do stealth mm -hmm. until I get caught and then I just run around like a madman and that's that's it. Uh, I think that's the easiest way to go about it, isn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. And definitely as we go along with Metal Gear Solid and Five, that's that's so much easier to do as well. Uh, so many more options to fuck up and have fun with it. Uh, but this is kind of like the beginning of that, isn't it? Look, look, levels are a little bit more open, and this is why For we're sure. talking, when we're doing a remake, this is maybe one of the best ones to do. I agree. Because you might be able to provide more options in these bigger environments. A yeah. um, little bit, you know, you take your Grosny grad, you take your Grand and Design Bureau, and then you give little mini missions in each of them. Mm -hmm. And I, I kind of haven't said that, I really hope that they actually do do that now, and they don't just like... Here's just the game again, right? I would like, I would actually like them to encourage a little bit of experimentation with these these levels because they're so nice and they're really well designed. You know, I think that there's a lot of different rooms, a lot of different guard positions, and it would be a shame to just have have them wasted with one just linear go through on a remake. You know, mm -hmm. um, so what do you think? What do you think about the gameplay? I think the gameplay is 
amazing. I think it has aged remarkably. Yes, um, it's very it's very intuitive to play. It's, isn't it's it? fluid. It's intuitive. It's exactly. I right. don't. I don't. I don't mind the holding a holding in the trigger and pressing square to shoot and things like that. I actually think that's. It's fine. I, like it's weird now. Like it takes. It's a weird. No, it's not. It's to, not normal. You'd have your combat on the triggers only, really, wouldn't you? If you were doing that kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. But I I think that it works. It's not. It is not a hindrance to play. No, no, not at all. No, it, it never ever gets in the way. It's just two buttons and. It's not like the enemies are super fast or anything. Yeah. Especially not the regular enemies. It's yeah. like, they're just walking around on their patrols. Little mm-hmm. pop, do a little, do your little silence tranquilizer gun, get them, get them down there. I do uh, think getting into it can feel a bit daunting. Uh, hmm. You know, when you're, you, you've got a lot going on, right? And especially in terms of like inventory stuff, right? You've got all the weapons, you've got hunger you've got to take care of you got first aid you got to take care of and it's not just like oh take this thing and restore health it's oh isolate the wound (laughs) you know and like so there is a there are a lot of systems at play here and i think in that regard like it feels way ahead of its time because those are the sorts of things that you expect now and that come with fucking five minute tutorials on every single one of them but here you've got Major Tom saying, "Ah, oh, you got you got a little injury there. Here, wrap stick it up. His, like, stick your cigar in it, snake. Yeah, like, and that's and that's really all you get. So, and, and like I did feel that playing this one. Like I was like, there's a there's a lot to to take in here. And then you know, like even on top of that, like you know, camo in certain areas, you know, and there's a lot. There's a lot here. But I like the camo. I like the camo. I like the camo. It's uh, great." Um, Looking at your little percentage, which which one works yeah. best, and yeah. also just changes up snake visually as well. Makes it look I a love that different. that it's reflected on your character. I think that, yeah, that's yeah. really really great. Environments reflect the different camouflage you need to mm-hmm. have on. You know, you're in the, in a little river. Put the water one on. Yeah. Get your little. Did you get the crocodile cap? Get yeah, that on. of course. Walk around with that for a yeah. while, like a dingus. Like, what scaring dogs with a. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, but no, it's 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 remarkable, and it it shows me like, you know, Kojima is a bit of a meme, you know, and people love to talk about him with lots of hyperbole and superlatives and like some good and some bad, right? Yeah. But like games like this, even though I I missed this, you know, when it was new, like it still feels new, and it this shows me like I get like why he has the status that he does. He fucking knows what he's doing, right? He does. And, he and does. not only that, because he's not, in, he's not in there making the systems, right? He's directing. But, like, the team behind him, like, to be able to, like, have him execute that vision, I think is really fantastic. Um, and rare. Yeah, yeah. It feels like there's a lot more going on in the world, doesn't there? Yeah. Like Snake, Snake is interacting with the environment through his camouflage, through the little animals that are around, keeping yeah. him alive. It just feels like there's kind of a there's a push pull kind of dynamic with what's going on. You know, it's very For like, sure. yeah, it feels very like tactile, and it, it feels like that's that's what that's the vision that they were going for, yeah. and it definitely works, right? Yeah. Uh, so we got your boss fights. Yeah, great. Best one at the end. Is that the best one? Um, probably. I am the end. The end of all things. I'm uh, not sure. Um, I just think that's the most open one. So I think that's maybe just one of the more unique fights. It's not just like in a little arena where you're running about punching someone, you know, or shooting them. Yeah. Uh, 
think I think it's it's I think this the long range sniper battle is quite f a fun sort of mechanic. It's, cool. it's a little bit a little it's bit like, scary and a little bit like oh am I gonna bump into you or like, or like you, you like turn turn on the night vision which is what or the sorry the heat vision goggles which is what I use and I'm like oh, there's little footprints so I'm gonna follow them. It definitely uh, feels like Kojima saw like enemy at the gates. Yeah. You know and it was like oh yeah like this is yeah. this is really really good. Um, yeah. Or I think I think the worst one for me I think it is the fear. I don't really like that one that much. Um, I think it's it's weird because he's he I'm I'm more scared by the ends fight than I am the fears fight. Ironically, because uh, that's his emotion, you know. Interesting. I think or or the fury I think is actually more scary than the fear is. Fury is yeah. I, it's quite scary on that. Although the the fight is fight whatever i do love the sorrow i think that it's just mm. i love and it, this game does it several times climbing the ladder the sorrow gonna, fight so let's like, talk about those those moments those yes. little like where we get a, a a player has to do something right which isn't your typical kind of video game thing you're not you're not really killing anybody that sort of thing you know it's not points on the screen and nowadays we get loads of that right we get loads of just all the time yeah button inputs for the sake of it right like petting a dog just doesn't do anything but it's just fun to do it right yeah. or even like abby fight nelly making the player feel uncomfortable because they yeah. have to do something they don't really want to do right that happens all the time whereas in 2004 it's just point and shoot at something punch them drive a car it's just like very like expected kind of things Whereas you're you're doing this fight with the sorrow, right? Which is you know a long corridor, and you get confronted with all of the enemies that you've killed yeah. or not killed. You know, yeah. if I've I've done it a lot where I do a no kill run, right? And you just it's the four bosses, and that's all you get uh, done the thing, and it's dead easy, right? Mm -hmm. Just like just avoid the four, and you're done. Uh, what do you think of that one then? I think it's fantastic. So, yeah. you know, when I think about these things, it's, it's the latter and it's this, right? It's these, these moments where the game, like, pulls back and is, like, very reflective, right? And, mm -hmm. you know, and for the sorrow fight to, you know, oh, is this anti-war now? Like, yeah, it yeah. is, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, and to, to kind of have that narrative of, like, yeah, we're playing a game and it's, like, it's silly. Because it's, 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 it's also funny. linked into the boss's thing which is she doesn't want endless war anymore yeah so she wants you to kill her right yeah and the sorrow is also linked to her because he's her former lover that she had to kill because of this endless fighting yeah. and it's this endless corridor of dead bodies right and i think it's great great gameplay yeah. the yeah. latter is great little bit of little moment like so for people who don't know just this endless ladder that's just impossible it's about it's about 90 seconds right it's yeah 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 and you, and get, you get the little, song going little vocal only performance of snake yeah. eater over a, uh just a little contemplative moment of like mm -hmm. what are you what are you doing here what are you taking away from this uh yeah. fight it's just it's just lovely isn't it and then the other one i was thinking of is when you when you fight the boss at the end and you're standing above her, and you, the player, have to press. You the have to kill her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I it is, is like the Last of Us a little bit, isn't it? Like, it is like the Last of Us, yeah. and this is this is the Last of Us of 2004. Yeah, like, this is it. There's no other story game like this. Maybe outside of like Half Life Two, right? But mm. that's a little bit different. Um, so yeah, these these little details that make the player culpable or like link yeah. the player really closely to the main character in a kind of 
self-referential way is really interesting, you know, making, making, making you take your time before killing her. Like, yeah. how long do you want to wait? How long do you want to wait for that to happen? Oh no, I actually have to do it myself. Yeah. I have to end this person's life. And you really feel the hesitation with it as well, don't mm-hmm. you? Like, you're trying really hard to, like, hold it back as long as possible. Uh, so he's, he's doing stuff with the gameplay, isn't he? Experiment, experimenting yeah. with it, changing yeah. what the player can do. Uh, and I think that's wonderful. I think talking yeah. about it more as well. I'm more excited. I'm like, I'm going ten. Ten yeah. out of ten. Yeah, I was gonna go nine <laughs> just because, like, I don't know what you know, like. Uh, towards the end, the gameplay but... cutscene ratio uh, goes off, doesn't it? Just like it all the other, mm. all the other ones as well. Like always, like it's yeah. not. It's not unusual, really, is it? Uh, yeah. it goes very linear, doesn't yeah. it? Towards the end, for about two or three hours. Yeah, uh, that's maybe my only criticism. Um, but yeah, love it. I think it's wonderful. Uh, okay, graphics. Like you said, it doesn't need to look any better. We've said that a couple times, right? It's lovely grass in this. Yeah, yeah. Lo- I love that first person view going through that grass. Very, it's very good. luscious, isn't yeah. it? Uh, you know, I I do love seeing you know like the pachinko screenshots, and you know I hope yeah. that the you know I hope that the remake is, uh, you know yeah. up up to those standards. But like, you're never unsure what's what here. It's always no. very clear. You know, it's not. Even though, you know, you have these sections of, you know, lots of brown and grays, like, it's not muddy. No, it's not. It's not unpleasant. And even that, it's like, it's on the, when you're on the mountain at the end, there's little details, right? So if you kill guards, vultures will come down and start eating at the bodies. And their little beaks go red. And that kind of of thing keeps it feeling lively, doesn't it? It feels like this is still a continuation of the jungle from below the ladder, right? For sure. Uh, color palette's really beautiful mm-hmm. and really varied compared to the other two games, maybe. Yeah. Like, I feel like there's a bit more environmental variety. For uh, sure. Character models are really detailed. I do feel like you get... I think that's probably... The motion capture really brings them to life as well, yeah. I think. Um, particular, I was looking at Gramin, right? That old guy. I was looking at him. I was like... That's a beautiful man. I was like, look yeah. at him. I'm like, you're you're stunning, right? <laughs> you you got so many wrinkles and everything. Like, how, like this looks, this looks so good for a game from 2004. Yeah, uh, it does. Some of the other little effects as well. I love the the effect of Snake breathing in the bag when he's uh, when he's been tortured. Yeah. That little breathing in and out, like the bag is like expanding and contracting, and it does it on his clothes when they're in the plane at the end as well, like rippling in the wind. I noticed it like right, right so at the start as, as they're doing the, the halo jump, right? The yeah. door opens up, so and detailed, flapping around. I'm like, man, yeah, yeah, yeah. And obviously that the final shot and the final boss arena with the boss is outstanding as well, like the yeah, gorgeous the white the white uh, pedals, yeah, and taken and implemented within Sekiro among many other games yeah. that have taken that visual motif uh, which I think is fantastic as well uh, I'll go 10 I'm going to go 10 I'm, I'm doing it sure sure you know what yeah it's just like very strong art style as well isn't it, it is like it's, yeah it it's, really is it's really like vibrant I think um, I, I, I could drop down to 9 due to the jaggies on the 3DS <laughs> I'm sure there's a couple of them <laughs> there's a couple this of jaggies play the HD one on Vita less yeah that's exactly there. it yeah uh, Okay, so story, right. So, again, we spoke about with MGS2 that we really do take it for granted how good stories in games now yeah, are yeah. or how much they take center stage. But this type of thing is just not 
normal. It's not always normal, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's definitely not normal in 2004. Like, so just look at, like, some of the games that came out then, right? 2004 games. So I mentioned Half-Life 2 is, like, one example. We've talked about San Andreas as well. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't know. The Chronicles of Riddick, Escape from Butcher Bay. Does that have... <laughs> does that have the level of story? Or even Halo 2, right? Like, I think Halo 2 is good, you know? But yeah, I don't think it's, it's this good. kind of level, yeah. right? Or Spider-Man 2 as well. We talked about that. That's so Shite. static. Yeah. So static and boring. <laughs> yeah. Like, really bad voice acting. Like, just two, like, little digital puppets standing and speaking with one yeah, another. Yeah, like, literally, yeah. Yeah, uh, whereas this, you know, the cinematography, the motion capture, uh, I think they're fantastic. So then we were talking about when was it? A couple of weeks ago, we were like, let's just really try and let's talk, let's talk through the story. So I'll have some notes, right? About like sure. what we're trying, because you thought MGS2 had a stronger sort of maybe like philosophical thing going on, right? Or spoke to the contemporary world a little bit more than this one does. Yeah. And, right? and I, I, I think I still agree. And I, and I prefer the story of MGS2. That being said. Yeah. Go on. So I think, this this is maybe just more of a personal game. Yes. Personal relationships between Snake and the boss, between yeah. Snake and Eva. Uh, so at the beginning, they're talking about, like, today's allies, tomorrow's villain, uh, and right and wrong having no place in a soldier's mission. Heroes lead the way, and that's all the world needs. Uh, and as long as you've got this legendary hero backing you up, you'll be fine, right? And... This, these are all kind of things that they've talked about in 1 and 2 as well. Mm -hmm. You know, like, what's the place of this hero? And he's a bit of a meme, the hero in, like, yeah. 1 and 2. It's like, Snake Snake is the meme, and you're playing as an action hero from a film yeah. in the first one. He's perfect, right? He's, he's wonderful. And then in 2, they're trying to dismantle that sort of, like, hero mm -hmm. image mm -hmm. quite a bit. And then in this one, I think they are as well. But I think a lot of it is just through the lens of a specific character, Rather than like a broad, yeah, like I idea. Agree. It's like in Naked Snake's character, this is where you get this questioning of what it means to work for your government or to be lied to by someone. Rather than oh, you're being lied to numerous algorithms out there in the yeah. ether somewhere, yeah. right? Yeah. That's what two is about. Whereas this is about what it personally feels like mm -hmm. to be lied to, mm -hmm. right? Um, so I do think. That the dynamic between Snake and the boss sometimes feels a little bit off, right? Like, Snake's getting his ass kicked, right? And maybe it's his beard and his voice throwing us off. He seems like he should have a bit more experience, right? Like, yeah. I've already described him as being a rookie, yeah. right? But he's really, like, going through it at the beginning, isn't he? Yeah. Like, he's really, like not doing very well and he's and then it's like he's gonna get firing squatted and everything yeah. right he it feels like like right like a character that looks like raiden would fulfill this rookie yeah, role a little for sure. bit better yeah. but is this intentional right is this is this you know are we coming up against expectation and reality here with regards to heroes from the last game, right? So, like, in the first one, mm -hmm. clearly Snake is a stereotypical, like, perfect action hero guy, right? But in this, it's like, they're exploring would be, exploring what it would be like if you looked like you were that perfect man, but you were, like, a little bit pathetic as right. well, right? right? Like, 
it's a bit uncomfortable. Like, like so paramedic at one point, she says in a code I call, she says that Snake is reckless and rushes into things a little bit too quickly. So maybe that's a better description rather than just like, Snake is pathetic, right? This is what they're trying to create here. They're trying to get someone who's naive and a bit reckless, yeah, right? Yeah. So then he rushes in to fight the boss at the start and gets his ass handed to him, right? Mm-hmm. It's not that he's w- weak or like he can't do it. It's just that he's thinking more about what he can do immediately rather than yeah, yeah. rather than like concentrating and maybe overcoming it a bit further down the line or something like that. Um, and you can see that when he's when he gets when he's weak and Eva is looking after him when they first mm-hmm. meet each other, he's like, I want to push on or whatever. And she's like, oh, no, no, you have to stay here and rest. And he gets up, he gets sat out and he like just collapses back down, like trying, gonna fall asleep or whatever. Yeah, yeah. He just wants to push on, right? Um, but then there's another weird bit with like the boss as well. And I'm trying to like work out what's going on with her. So she's like, she speaks in a very on the nose way. And a lot of characters do as well. Yeah. This is not just her, right? She's like, She's like, who are you going to choose? Your mentor and your emotions or your country and your duty? It's just like, yep, that's the choice. It's just like, it's right there in front of you. Uh, And I guess it's like the dialogue is like quite symbolic most of the time. Like it's... Yeah. Like she's referring to the cobras and Snake being her sons. uh, And she's a mother figure. I I don't know. I guess it's just, is is this Kojima's just melodramatic on the nose kind of stuff do you think coming right. through like what is what is the reason for her speaking this way you know like she's very like do you know what I mean she's quite like yeah there's not a lot of subtext to what she's saying no there? no definitely not is this is this your action movie kind of pastiche coming coming through here maybe is this like is this the way action movies are yeah it could yeah I think it could be I also think it could be a reaction to some criticisms of the previous two games, which yeah. are, I mean, they're confusing, right? And yeah, so we're trying to be so. straightforward. Not exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, and it is kind of like, you know, if you're making a James Bond thing, which is what he's doing here, right? Like there is yeah. always someone in the movie that's going to just like, Hey, let's take a breather and 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 talk summarize the plot up to this point, right? Yes, like, yes. That that always happens, and so I think you're right. I think it's it's a couple of different uh, different things going on here. Yeah, yeah. So like, while some of it does feel a little bit strange, a little bit shallow sometimes, uh, it does seem to fit the spy thriller genre, right? Yeah. Uh, and it's also a very idiosyncratic director as well. Yes. You're like this, is, these are his mannerisms. These are like his little yeah. like. It, it doesn't. It doesn't matter how like melodramatic or odd sounding it might be. It'll. It, it gets in there, right? <laughs> we're gonna. Yeah. We're gonna make this man with a beard say these weird things, right? Uh, but I do. I do like the acting in general, and I feel very safe. I feel like they. They deliver the exposition very well, yeah. and with very like nice, rich voices as well. I think is really important. Uh, so I think overall, I really like the narrative of Snake not being able to trust anybody. Mm-hmm. And then by the end, he's very broken by that, isn't he? And very like disillusioned with what's going on. Yeah, right. Even it's really like sad. even it's like by sad, the end, when you think that there has been someone the whole time that he can trust. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then even Eva is taken away. It's and even like the the boss, right? So she like the the whole deal is that she's defected to the Soviet Union and Snake needs to kill her, right? Right. And he thinks, well, okay, I need to kill her, but at least I'm killing her. 
because she's being true to herself, right? Right. She is... I'm killing her because she's defected, and obviously she's defected because she believes in something on the Russian side. But then at the end, he finds out, no, she was actually working for America as well. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't even know if her intentions were... Like, what are her, what were her intentions as well, yeah, yeah. right? And she's dead. He can't even ask her about that. You know, he's mm -hmm. never going to see her again. Um, and in Peace Walker, like, Snake is like... You should play that as well. Uh, so he, the plot of that is he hears her voice and he is he's searching for what the what her voice is like. What? Why can I hear this? Like, what okay. is what is going on? Is she still alive? You know, what's going on with that? Uh, so it's a really interesting kind of thread that they do continue. Like, can I get answers from her? Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, there's a good conversation that he has with Eva, uh, and I. Uh, it's about sort of truth and lying and that kind of thing. And I think the narrative of like misinformation and memes and AI controlling what to believe in MGS2 does continue here. Yes. So she's talking about America having carefully constructed lies in the same way that Russia has. And so she, Eva is working for Russia, right? Yeah. And Snake is working for America. So and it's kind of like them trying to discover, you know, more about each other, but like who has the right ideology here, right? Uh, and Russia and America aren't that different in the way that they handle information and truth. Right? Mm -hmm, yeah. And Snake is saying that he has to believe what he's told if it's an order. He has no choices because of his allegiances. So basically, America could be lying to him, but it doesn't really matter. He has yeah. to follow their orders anyway. And I think that that thread is what MGS2 is doing, right? Mm -hmm. But it's just wrapped up in characterizations just, yeah. in three yeah. rather than big, broad concepts. Sure. Yeah, I agree. These, yeah, that's these a really good point. Yeah. So it's like, while well, I was the same as you, it's like MGS2 has this mad, like, you know, existential thing going on, right? But I think that that's still there. It's just in people. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. So I thought that was actually quite interesting. Uh, and then you find out Eva is your, she's your double agent, right? Mm -hmm. She's actually working not for Russia, but she's working for the Chinese um, against Snake and Russia. Uh, and then the boss is obviously working for, uh, she's working for America. Um, yeah. and I, I do think it's, it's quite sad. Like, so like James Bond, you know, has these relationships with women, right? If we're trying to like party that. Yeah. And they're really quick and just, they're just flashing a pan and you miss yeah. it. Right. Whereas like snake is like not reacting to these, this woman's advances. Right yeah <laughs> it's so awkward, literally standing it? still yeah it's so awkward sometimes and i guess it's like i i guess he doesn't have the he doesn't have the personality he's very charismatic but when it comes to flesh on flesh interactions he just doesn't yeah. have that you know yeah. uh it's very very stilted uh and i actually like the bit when they're they're in the waterfall cave and she's like coming up to him mm -hmm. and she's like she's like i'll be your eyes from now on snake yeah. and she's very like stereotypical like bond girl isn't she yeah, yeah and then he pushes her away and he's like he's like don't worry about it like and it's a really sad like delivery that he gives there of, yeah like, like he he's like very self-conscious and quite sad and small he's obviously maybe maybe he's worried about his eye because he as you know when they're gonna take out his eyes or whatever it's like mm -hmm. a soldier is nothing without their eyes and maybe yeah. he's feeling very like I don't know. Just quite depressed about that. I think. Mm -hmm. it's a really, I think, in, like in this one, the way that we get Snake is very. The characterization is much better than Solid Snake. I think, who's like quite yeah. impenetrable yes, until four. Like you don't really get a lot from him, whereas you get a lot with Snake and Snake here. Yeah. 
And at the end as well, like, I, I genuinely, I think it's heartbreaking at the end. Like, that final, like, cutscene. Yeah. When he, so you get, uh, so we get all the stuff with the boss. He's not to kill her, right? This woman that he's, he is more than, more than love between a man and a woman, right? Like, yeah. you couldn't possibly understand what that feels like. Right, we have that. And then he's in his little cabin with Eva. Is that hot in there? <laughs> it's pretty good. Red, red hot, isn't it? Yeah. Red pink. <laughs> red pink. I meant I meant to say pink hot. But, <laughs> but, uh, red red pink. Red red pink. One in the red, one in the pink. <laughs> That's my new catchphrase. Red pink. Red pink. <laughs> so they're in this little cabin let's anyway, discard all of the wonderful incredible work that you've done in I the know. last 15 minutes I know uh, so I uh, you need to have a bit of that though don't you that's what you it's do. all about you, you need a bit of balance uh, so he wakes up and she's left him and she's she's betrayed him taking the microfilm and all that shit right mm-hmm. um, she's gone back to China and then he's he's getting a medal right and he walks in yeah. and, and Zero and Sigint and Paramedic are there and maybe the president. We don't know. We don't know who that is because it's not Rich. Yeah. It's not Sully. It's not Richard <laughs> McGonagall speaking there. So I don't know. Uh, and they're all clapping him and he's just standing still and it feels really like. How does it feel? It feels very like dreamlike. Yeah, I was just going to say like uncanny. It doesn't feel real. Yeah. yeah, it's very like unsettling, isn't it? So like he's been lied to by Eva and he's been lied to by the boss. And he's been lied to by the con- his country as well, yeah. so that they could get their hands on all the money from the philosopher's legacy. And you know what's what Snake said is, so he said you don't have to care about what your country tells you because at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. It's just your job and it's your duty to do what they say, right? Yeah. So Snake not caring about lies doesn't actually turn out to be true. Oh yeah, for sure. Which is like that's like that's your your inner conflict there is that that is that isn't actually true that actually deeply depresses and scars him and makes him human right more than just a soldier he's not actually a soldier he's someone that actually does hate when people lie to him uh and i think that's amazing i think it's incredible Mm -hmm. and then you see that in peace walker and in five he's like i'm done with america i'm going off here and i'm gonna make my own i'm gonna make my own country fucking Military's military with borders over here, right? And then that leads up to MGS one as well. I think it's just a great like this is a great beginning to that villain arc that mm-hmm. he has as well. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's a perfectly tragic outcome for him, right? Um So that's my reading of him and his little story there. What's yeah. going on with the boss and Eva and everyone. Really? Uh, that was very lovely. But then there's loads of other stuff. Like so we get the Cobra unit introduced here, right, at the beginning. Mm-hmm. And the the boss looks up and she says, it's raining blood. Is he crying? <laughs> What's going on there? What's going on with that? It's a weird thing to say, boss. And then you're seeing the, you're seeing the sorrow as a ghost behind her. And, yeah. like, all these guys... I was, I was trying to find out what was going on with them. Like, because, you know, in, uh, in 4, you get uh, Drebin of course, tells you about all the bosses and yeah. yeah, after you fight them, right? Yeah. And then I was wondering, is if, because I've never really gone in and listen, like, called everyone after the boss fight. Okay. So I yeah. went in and went through everyone. Did they, does someone tell me 
about does Eva tell me about the Cobra unit or something? I see. But they don't really they don't really do that. And then there's information on the Payne's Wikipedia page. And I was like, where are they getting all this from? And it's, <laughs> apparently in M- apparently in MGS five there are there are recordings that tell you about some of the Cobra unit in that game. Mm. And I'm like, I did not know. So it's fucking parasites have turned these people into freaks. Like lovely. <laughs> what's going on? Who's your favorite one of those? Those guys. Of the Cobra unit? Yeah. Um I do really like um I don't know, you know what? It might it might still just be a sorrow, actually. Sorrow's I feel like good, I feel like he's like different like it's it's weird that everyone else is kind of just you know a human maybe a little bit weird but like he's just he's got something going on yeah he's dead yeah like that's yeah it's really interesting what's going on with him and then of course you know the extra bit you know of him and the boss and then you know them being ocelot's parents and it's just like a i feel like there's a little bit more going on there yeah but Yeah. yeah yeah really interesting Interesting. Interesting. I do like the fear as well that he's just kind of this weird, like ultra gay. <laughs> like he sounds like SpongeBob. He, he's your vamp, right? He's... I thought he was Tom Kenny. <laughs> uh, he's fucking, and he's wheeling the end about as well. So he's got two jobs. He's got he's uh, your crossbow guy. Uh, he's also a disability worker because he's just pushing oh, right, the yeah. end's wheelchair around, invisible as well. Uh, <laughs> which is interesting. I do. I do like the end. I like that he has a parrot. I think that's a nice little touch. Yeah, it is. You fun. know, that's like yes. that's like Solaire with the little feather in his hat. Like that's a little. He's decided to get that parrot. Yeah, exactly. You know, like that's, yeah. He loves that parrot, <laughs> doesn't he? He does. What I like to do, Dallin, uh, which is a bit unfair of me, is you come up to the so you can get the parrot if you tranquilize it. Yes. It's near the it's near the start. Get it. Put it in your inventory. Uh, sneak up behind the end eat the parrot, go into the viewers, he's saying, spin him round. Spin him round for ages. Come out of the menu, and then throw up on the end uh, his own parrot, which is a fun little <laughs> thing you can do. <laughs> if you, if you want to bully, bully a 104-year-old man, you can do that. <laughs> I do like the pain as well, because what's going on with that Pain's guy? Good. What's going on there? Yeah, little little hornets coming out of his mouth. Uh, I always, he just always reminded me of, like Shocker. He is like Shocker, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. Or uh, fucking Deadpool with his mask off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and what about Ocelot then? What about him? Uh, you mean what's his name? Uh, Irish M Bison. Shashaska. Neil Neil McDonough. <laughs> Neil McDonough looks exactly like. That's a funny one because it's just like because in your head, you know, we've seen Ocelot so much, right? And then for him to show up in this one, and you know, it's he's very different, very very different from. You know, <laughs> yeah, he could he couldn't be more different. He's not he's like, not your daddy's revolver Ocelot, is he? He's your fucking. He's your Twilight. Yeah, Ocelot. Yeah. This guy, like, he just. Does he need to meow like that? I don't know. But it's good. <laughs> the reverb on that as well. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. insane. I'll put it in. I'll put it on this recording. Please, please do. Yeah. Uh, so and then he reverb. turns into Troy Baker. 
And then he turns into a man who gets his arm cut off. And yeah. Uh, yeah. I but I love it's I love every time he comes back, he's got a new little trick that he wants to show Snake. Like he's like he's so desperate to show off. Totally, yeah. Snake. yeah. Like he he wants Snake's approval so bad. More than anything in the world. I know, yeah. I know. And he comes with the revolver. And then Snake's like, the decal on that does nothing for you. Yeah. Being great. He's like, it looks yeah. flashy, but unless you're planning to like put it up as a collector's item. Yeah. Oh, it does, absolutely does him in. Does him. I know. I love that. Yeah. And then he's right there at the end as well. Like, he's he survives and he's on the plane with yeah. him. And then he jumps off. And then he's fucking, he's triple agent in it. He is. He is. He's working, he's working for America at the end. Does Eva in as well. That wee guy. And then at the end of MGS4, he's like, a quintuple agent because he's actually he's actually the good guy in the whole thing he's 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 been doing everyone in for the betterment of the world yes, uh, yes. so is he the best character in the whole series could Maybe. be might be yeah could be. Uh, so I just I just love this I love the way the story is told and loads of different perspectives obviously we have our little like little fill in scenes in our little sepia yeah. loads of like yeah. FMVs in this yeah. one about like the cold war which I think is like it's just something about that it just feels really like feels really full, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It feels like there's been a lot of research going on here in this yeah, one. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, for sure. I love that little scene when Zero is debriefing Snake. I think it's so creative and it's the little, like, CCTV transition and when the little, yeah. like, film comes across, Zero's moved over. Like, he's lit his, like, cigar for him and, like, I just, it just, it feels like there's just such a, like, warmth and a texture to this, yeah. those scenes. It just feels great. Um... Uh, and it's just obviously inspired by so many different films as well. Like, this mm-hmm. is not just... It's directly just inspired by them. You know, I feel like... Talking about Harrison Ford, like, The Fugitive is just when he yeah. jumps off the dam. Like, yeah. and he's confronted by Ocelot there. Like, Dirty Harry with the revolver. Like, and you have to count how many shots you have in it. Mm-hmm. And like, all that shit. Like, like and he's, all, he's also spaghetti westerns, isn't he? Yeah. Ocelot. Probably. Uh, Snake Plissken again with a fucking eye patch, like yeah, yeah. Escape from New York, James Bond, Godzilla. It's just like you know they mentioned that in the Kodak call about Godzilla, but it's also just the fear of what nuclear war can do to the world. It's like yeah. that's what Godzilla yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Bond, fucking out the ass. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm saying is ten out of ten, 10 story. 10 10. Yeah, don't make up, don't make them like that anymore, do they? They don't. They know it is. It is. Yeah, remarkable. So this will be part one of Metal Gear Solid 3, <laughs> PS2 Fast. Too Fast, Too Furious. Too Fast, PS2 Furious, Metal Gear, Metal Gear Solid, Solid 3, 3, part one. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back with part two uh, shortly here. Uh, you can get in touch with us if you want to let us know what you think about Metal Gear Solid 3 Snake Eater. Are you excited for the remake? Let us know on Twitter at MGS underscore podcast. We'll be back soon with the conclusion. We'll see you then. <laughs>